We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, rate, review, download wherever you find us. Instagram.com slash Beers on Us is our hub. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at Beers on Us Pod and uh, Facebook.com slash Beers on Us. There is somebody who has sent us a Facebook message and I forgot to respond to it. Oh, me too. And then I, I, and I, then I saw a notification yesterday that said like bump. Well, like he was bumping it up. Yeah. And I was like, crap, that's right. And then I forgot again. <laughs> yep. I forgot too, but I will look at it. And uh, it sounds like a really cool experience. Okay. Situation. Okay, cool. Have you read the message? No, I, oh. I, I've been avoiding my messenger app for personal reasons. And um, so every time I see it, I'm like, oh yeah. And then I click it and it's like, would you like to log into messenger? And I'm like, not really. No, <laughs> I don't really want to log in and look at these. Oh, I have read the message and it, uh, it could be something really cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, uh. I guess I will leave it to you to do that. Cool. There's uh, there's there's some stuff going on in my personal messenger right now that I don't want to deal with. Fair enough. And I've been just avoiding it. Fair um, enough. And uh, yeah, I, I said everything. Subscribe, rate, review, download, and uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Odyssey app, Tenny to the Fan.com. There you go. Omni. Okay. Back with all that stuff being done. Thank you guys so much for liking last week's episode. We've gotten largely very glowing reviews. Largely. Largely. From our uh, Trader Joe's episode. <clears throat> the one person who said it was really pretentious. I don't think you actually listened to this podcast, so um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm not worried. But uh, generally, we got a lot of people saying that it was a lot of fun, and they really enjoyed listening to it. And thank you for putting yourself through that for our entertainment. And for that, we say you're welcome. Yeah, some fun things to read. Ben chimed in. Not going to lie, guys. The Trader Joe's episode has brought me so much joy, even more than the non-alcoholic episode. I have legitimately been laughing for the entire episode, getting weird looks while at Von Ebert right now. <laughs> yeah, we had the messenger message me on Twitter, mm-hmm. not our, our account, but my account, and said, thank you for going through this for us. Yeah. And uh, a couple other people uh, I've talked to. And that, this is very rare for me. And by rare, I mean it never happens. I don't listen back to our episodes. <laughs> I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, I think some of it is I'm my own worst critic. So if I listen back, I'm just going to be sitting there nitpicking everything I did wrong and how bad I was, mm-hmm. um, even if I'm not bad, but I think I'm bad, that kind of stuff. This one, I remember being in the moment of doing the episode. It was the second one of the day. So we we're already kind of a little bit like, like we warmed up. We were warmed up. And you had up. done a radio show that morning. Yeah. So it was like my third uh, podcasting radio event of the day. And we'd already had some beer. 
Mm-hmm. So we're a little bit lubed up. Sure. And I remember being in the moment just like we were laughing a lot. It was really funny. I felt like it was funny. And I was like, you know what? I want my girlfriend to hear this one. And so I was like, let me play it for her. It was funnier than I thought it was from recording it. Yeah. My like f- I was listening back like we were like, I hate I, I'm telling you this seriously. I'm, I do not give myself compliments very often. I am not. That is not me as a person. It's probably a fatal flaw, but, you know, it is who I am. And I sat there and I was like, okay. Yeah. I can see why people might like this. <laughs> uh, I played it for my fiance and we, uh, we were definitely laughing. She was enjoying it. Uh, I found myself laughing more than she was. I There was a couple moments where I was losing it as a listener. Yes. Uh, which I thought was really fun. That's uh, what the same thing happened <clears throat> to me. Because I forgot the things we said. Right. Like, I was, we made like a quip and I was like dying. And I was like, I don't even remember that <laughs> live in the podcast. Uh, Taylor chimed in with, So I have to know how drunk was Harris during the TJ's episode? Actually, I wasn't. Not, I wasn't at all. It was, it was goofy, like energy fun, not drunk energy fun. I think it's kind of how it was. Yeah. Gomez also chimed in with, the takeover just being hilarious. So I'm I'm just I'm just happy to know that a lot of you guys enjoyed it. Uh it was a little different than the alcohol the non-alcoholic one in the sense that that was literally like I don't know. It got to a point where they, that I was like I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. To where Trader Joe's just kept getting more hilariously ridiculous. Felt more like circusy than like pain. Well, we also went into the non-alcoholic one expecting them to be bad. This one, we went into it not knowing what to expect. Yeah, I was kind of like, this could be all right. Let, yeah, like maybe yeah. we'll find a couple of gems here. You know, you said it in the podcast that you really wanted to go <laughs> to a party and like say that you got the Trader Jose beer from Trader Joe's yeah, and dude. like be proud about it. Yeah. And so we went into it with kind of an open mind. I was nervous. Obviously, I think we even said in the beginning, like, this may be akin to the non-alcoholic <laughs> beer episode. So we had the the realistic expectations of it being not so great. But there was hope. And boy, that hope was smashed immediately, <laughs> immediately. with the pre- one. premium beer. So um, there's nothing rich nor rare about R and R. If uh, if you guys are listening to this and did not listen to last week's episode, and you are a fan of us drinking beer that's uh, not our favorite, then you should do that because it, it, uh, it's funny. It's up there. It's a top one of all time. That's for sure. I would say that. If you want to know mostly what it's like in our friendship off the air, it's that kind <laughs> yeah, of totally that kind of in and out quipping nonsense that that kind of happen. We're not, you know, it's not like we're on the radio doing a show. It's like that's just kind of how it is. So <laughs> if you want that inside look, then I think that would be the best way to do it. Uh, but this week we'll be doing an in the brews episode. There are many pieces of very big local craft beer news that we will get to. Uh, but first, of course, we will begin with our week in beer. Uh, I started having, I'm starting to kind of expand myself again. Remember for a couple of weeks, I wasn't really doing anything super unique. Some of that is thanks to you. You, uh, you dropped me a a little four pack of some beers that you had. Three were from grains and then one was from stoop up in Seattle. And, uh, the grains beers, you got me a dystopia and, uh, um, oh my God, I forgot the name of it already. It was an Azrael built for speed, built for speed. And, uh, We're great. The uh, dystopia is tasting amazing. Yeah, we're really high on that beer. Like right now. I had it, and I was like, "Boy, this hasn't tasted like this before. Yeah. This is really good." You had me a Hansel's Delight, which was a chocolate cake stout that you guys do. A little on the sweet side for me uh, for the German chocolate, chocolate stout. cake. German is what it's chocolate, going after, chocolate yeah. cake. 
Uh, a little too sweet for me. I mean, it still tasted good, but it was not exactly up my alley. It's and, way too sweet for me. And my favorite of the bunch was the Stoop Porter. And the Porter was, I think, maybe the best Porter I've ever had. That's really rad. Uh, it was... It was in the sweet spot that I like my dark beers to be. Mm-hmm. It was the same sweet spot that the Sneaky Sneaky Stout from um, Everybody's was last year, which was my beer of the year. It was, It's chocolatey but roasty. And the roastiness, not in a coffee sense, but it kind of it's like a nutty roastiness that mellows out the sweetness of the chocolate. And it kind of sits in this middle ground. And that's exactly where that beer sat. Yeah, It was chocolatey, which is my favorite flavor in dark beers. And but it wasn't too sweet like the Hansel's Delight was for me. It just sat in that sweet spot. My pocket of dark beer was that beer, mm. and I took a sip and I was like, "Oh boy!" And then I sat down with it and like I brought it over to the couch with my little uh, you know tray on on my uh, ottoman and I, I drank it and I was watching some stuff and I was like, "This is delightful." I'm sad this is in Seattle <laughs> because <laughs> I want this beer now a lot. <laughs> well, I think they're I think they're teaming up with Day One, so we should be seeing some more stoop. Beer down here. I know we see it in Southwest Washington. I'm not going to imagine the Porter is going to be a very popular beer that they're going to be putting in the, on Maybe shelves. They canned but, it, so well, I know, but I mean, I'm assuming you picked it up at the brewery. It was a gift. Yes, yes. Brad, the owner and head brewmaster up there. I was. We did a collab with them, and I ran up there to drop some of the kegs off for them to have in their tap rooms, and he sent me home with a case of beer, and, and it was a four-pack of that porter, mm-hmm. and I grabbed one for you. Thank you. It was delightful. And then another stoop beer from last night was also delightful. Yeah, that dark Czech lager, the or dark, just dark lager. It was a dark lager. And I forgot to ask you if it was any good. Really, really good. Like, so smooth. Yeah. And... I mean, this is, we've talked about this, but it just sounds silly to talk about beer flavors, but the carbonation level was perfect. Dude, that's huge to me, man. If your carbonation sucks, it really pisses me off. Yeah. It really pisses there, me there's off. There's a certain amount of like crisp refreshingness that comes from the carbonation. Mm-hmm. And in dark lagers, especially, really in a lot of dark beers, especially, I think it's important because you have such heavy flavors, generally speaking, right. that that adds like natural refreshing. Yeah, it almost seems like if it's lower on the carb, maybe, I don't know, feels heavier. Yeah. So it just kind of hit me in that sweet spot of like, I could have four of these and be totally happy. That's rad. Uh, it was really, really good. So the stoop beer that we had had prior to this on the podcast, I think we've had a couple. I felt like, okay, it's fine. You know, I, I haven't been like over the moon about it. Those two beers have completely 180'd my opinion on stoop brewing. So I know you've you've already been very high on them, but for mm-hmm. me, it was like, <clears throat> cool. Yeah, okay. I, I've, they're fine. And then those two beers, I'm like, ooh. Oh, okay. Hello, I like stoop. this place. Well, what's awesome about Stoop is you can go to Stoop and then Rubens is around the corner. Yeah. So you can hit them both right then and there. Well, I haven't been to Seattle since pre-COVID, so uh, I would like to go up at some point and uh, go try some of these places that yeah. I've been having beers on the podcast from. Uh, my weekend beer was, kind of took a shift because we ended up deciding to use... I got a mixed four-pack yesterday of some stuff I was really excited to try, but we decided to use it for the show. So I'm a little... My weekend beer is a little with your weekend beer. Mm. Um, like, I got this Logston dry hopped lager called Lazy Rabbit that we are drinking right now. Um, just It says a crisp, refreshing lager brew with jasmine rice and dry hopped... With Pacific Northwest and summer he- Southern Hemisphere hop varieties, describes it perfectly. So it's, it's really funny. brisk. I took a sip and I went, "This is a Japanese lager," <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. And you read Jasmine Rice, I was like, "Ah, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a rice lager." Yeah, so I'm really into that. And uh, the beer of the week was part of that four pack as well, but I will we'll get to that later on. 
Uh, and then on that four-pack also is a new Von Ebert Tropical IPA. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got an orange label on it. I can't wait to try that. And I think an, I've had that one. And an Oakshire Italian Pilsner. Interesting. Viva Italia that okay. I'm excited to try. But outside of that, um, what's funny is Jeremy out there listening uh, sent this to me, and I actually had picked one up at the store before he had sent that, and I finally got to try it. It's uh, a new IPA from Block 15. Okay. Oh, phooey. Now I can't remember what it's called. I think I did have their most recent Dab Lab as well over the last week in the Citra one, <clears throat> yeah. which was, you know, per usual, quite tasty. Yeah, but that was that was really nice, and um, I really enjoyed that. Very much an old-school throwback IPA, um, like kind of old-school meets new-school, a little maltier than normal. Mm-hmm. I also had the Tropical Slam Sticky Hands because I saw it, and I was like, oh, I haven't had one of these in a while. Let me give it a shot. It was. It might have been where I was at the time, but it just felt like too much. Tropical like slam, tropical sticky hands. slam, sticky hands. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It just kind of fell. It's like one of little variant they do sometimes mm-hmm. with sticky. It just. Uh, it could have been just where my brain was at the time, but it just felt a little all over the place for me. Well, sometimes I find the block fifteen beers. They don't hit where I want. Yeah, you know the sometimes the unfiltered aspect is a little too much, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like, okay, it's not exactly the flavor I was looking for in this beer. So, you know, not everything they make is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, isn't you know. that isn't that what you said that you know that you are keeping an open mind about a brewery when you don't love everything that they yeah. put out? I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to not love everything that somebody puts out because then that. A means that brewery's got work to do, which and you're we not all fanboying, do. and you're not fanboying, yeah. No. And you can kind of like look at everything, you know, a little more fair and balanced, as they would Objectively. say. Objectively, yeah, yes, yeah. So that's kind of it. I'm looking forward. Mine will extend, and I'll report back on those other two. Yeah, and I, uh, I have a six pack of Elliot in the fridge, which I just bought, which is oh, fa- fairly fresh. I haven't had that beer in a while. Yeah, I mean, every every once in a while, I'll see it at Safeway, and I'll, you know, those are usually fresher, and I'll I'll grab that. Um, but beyond that, I'm actually kind of trying to do a little bit of a step away in my personal time from beer where like, I think I was just drinking too much of it for my health, mm-hmm. like for my weight. Um, so I'm going to try to, obviously I'll do it with the podcast, but like I was having basically a beer every night with dinner or more. And I'm going to try to like, maybe sometimes I'll just have water with dinner. And uh, sometimes I'll just have water. I'm starting that. Uh, I started that two days ago. So <laughs> wish me luck. Maybe, maybe I'll break and I'll be like, ah, screw it. I just want beer anyway. But for now, that is my soft plan. Um, and I mentioned it last week, but I, I finished the six-pack of it. The the Winter Pow from Ten Barrel, the, the oh, stout. Yeah. It's really good. Good. It's really, really good. I was very happy with it. Um, okay. So, in the brews. In the brews. Today. Where do you want to start? I feel like we should start with the uh, the OG that's going away. And that would be not the first tier of OGs, but that second tier of OGs. Yeah, probably that second tier, yep. Um, Hair of the Dog Brewery is closing. Because the head brewer is retiring, mm-hmm. and they are deciding not to keep it open after he leaves. Now, I know I've shared some very strong words about uh, my dislike of the brewery, not because of anything that they made, but because of my very first experience there being the worst service I've ever experienced in a craft beer uh, place ever. And, it, and it's early days of you craft beer yes. in this town, so it's like that that first impression was a really brutal one. It was 2012 or 13. And I've told the story on the podcast before, but, you know, long story short, uh, my ex-wife and I, we walked in there and we waited for 45 minutes. Not one person came up to us. Nobody asked us for a drink. It was not go to the bar and get a drink. It Mm -hmm. was someone will come to you. 
Nobody came to us. We sat there for 45 minutes and we were like, you want to go? Yeah, we'll go. That's yeah. longer than most people probably would have sat there. Definitely anyway. longer than I would have. Um, and this was on the location. It's the only location. The only one? Yeah, yeah down the, by OMSI. Yeah, it was right there. So I, ever since then, I've I've not gone to their place and I've had their beer, I think, once on this podcast. We had it in a tasting room. It was in the blue can. Oh, yeah, it was Blue Dot. Blue Dot. That's one of their like most famous ones, right? Yeah. Um, I don't remember how it tasted, but I, that's the only time I've really had hair of the dog beer. So my, my view of the brewery is tainted because of a personal service experience, but it's always sad <clears throat> to see an OG brewery go away. Although from what you have said and what I've heard from other beer drinkers is they were kind of like Bridgeport in that they didn't change a lot of their recipes. Well, that, and that's what I was going to get at. I mean, I, I, I think what made hair of the dog successful was, doing old ales you know english old ales and beers like trying to replicate beers how they tasted 200 years ago Mm -hmm. and i think that was a really cool thing for a while until everyone tried it and kind of our palates are at a point now where that stuff isn't quite what we like anymore and so it makes it a tough sell you know like like the commons for example made great beer excellent beer but it wasn't beer for the masses and so that's going to always kind of hold you back. And I think Hair of the Dog is just that classic thing. It's that I don't know if they ever should have updated their recipes. Mm. You know, you just think the time had passed. Yeah, I just think the time had passed. And what they are, who they've been forever, is just not something this market wants anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, there'll be people pulling out bottles of Fred from, you know, 15 years ago in 10 years all jazzed to drink it and so it'll 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 live on as i mean it's it's the old ale brewery of portland i don't know anybody else that consistently does styles like they do uh so there'll definitely be a whole field it'll be interesting to see if people dabble in that stuff and i wouldn't be shocked if hair of the dog came back at some point it is interesting to me that they're closing because the brewer's retiring as opposed to just passing the reins on to somebody else but yeah i mean maybe um, he just loves his beer and it's like this is my beer yeah. And I do it how I want. I mean, that would be part of the, he didn't make a lot of changes because that was the beer he wanted right. to make. I don't want your laugh. And I think he probably knows that if he gives it to somebody else, the brewery's changing. Yeah. Because it has to. Yeah. Um, so that's one. That's the that's the oldest of the three that we have news about. Um, you know, I saw it and I kind of was like, oh, okay. It reminded me of Bridgeport. But I know that for those who have lived here longer than I have, that's going to be a bit of a, a gut punch, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Man, like, I know Hair of the Dog. I've got so many memories tied to their beer sure. and that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's, the, that's never great. Yeah. When Hair of the Dog goes under now or Lompoc goes under, you know, last year, two years ago, whenever that was. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't drink at Hair of the Dog very often, but, you know, you get off that exit. It's right there. It's right there. Literally right you in front of you. You see it every single time. And mm-hmm. it's it's like a landmark. Yeah. And to not I wonder how much there. Wayfinder being two minutes away hurt them, because it's like I'm going go to go to this say. neighborhood, but uh, the Wayfinder's right there. Yeah, tough to say. I mean, two completely different styles of beers. But you're thinking hype. People are going to that neighborhood yeah. in the craft beer world to mm-hmm. go to Wayfinder. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that kind of hurt be, them too. It could too. be a location thing. Yeah. yeah. I I think it'd be really rad that whoever takes over that building should just leave the hair of the dog 
logo on the front. <laughs> so whenever I take that exit and I see it right there, it just says Hair of the Dog. That'd be cool. They just like make a restaurant, but that's the name of the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I doubt anybody will do that, but I mean, it's just like a landmark. Call it know? Food of the Dog? No, that wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yummy. <laughs> I can't wait to eat at Food of the Dog. Are you eating dog or are you eating dog food? No, you're eating human food. But why? Uh, never mind. Um, okay, number two is Barlow's mm-hmm. up in Vancouver. Now, this is a place I had not been to. I remember one of our uh, listeners had said that his favorite place to go was Barlow's mm-hmm. uh, in the in the Cube, although I think he went, did they have multiple locations? They I had bl- the one that opened up in the new waterfront. There's the waterfront, and then I think the brewery is, is like, somewhere else. Like Hazel Dell or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. He said he had gone to that one, and he really enjoyed it. I had not made a trip to Barlow's yet. I'm sure you've been to Barlow's because you, you lived in Vancouver for many, many years. Um, but yeah, they had uh, they had opened up. They were one of the, the main places in the new downtown waterfront, which is supposed to be amazing. One of the first spots to open in the downtown waterfront. Um, Great and, location. And they are closing. I don't know much about them. Uh, I know one person who had been there, and he said, it was fine. Yeah. Like, that, un- unspectacular. It was pub food. It was beer, is basically yeah, what he I, said. Yeah, I would say that about their beer. It's fine. Um, I think what they did, they did something different that nobody else has done that is actually a really popular thing in Colorado. Uh they did this thing, so they have their beer, but then they were carrying a lot of other people's beer, and you basically you basically purchase like a debit card type thing, and you scan this debit card, and then you pour from the taps yourself, Oh, and you pour however much beer you want, and it charges you based on how much beer you pour. Oh, that's right. I think yeah. you did say this so, once. Yeah, yeah, so they've got like 20 beers on draft, five of them are theirs, and then a bunch of, a bunch of others are other stuff. And you can go up there and you can say, like, let's take for me example. Like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to have this rice lager from Logston. I'm going to pour myself a pint. Uh, but, ooh, there's a rhino suit from Ale Song, barrel-aged stout, you know, from Ale Song. I'm like, ooh, those grab a little taster of that, you know, and just pour myself three ounces, you know. And it knows how much you're pouring. Yeah, yeah. And instead of having to purchase five ounces or having to purchase 10 ounces, you know, or even in this situation with a lager, 10 ounces, 16 ounces, you know, you can kind of just choose your own adventure. And so I thought that was cool. I First time I ever saw that was in Denver, and uh, it was wildly popular. People really enjoyed it. I think it's that kind of system was in Denver. The yeah, first time? yeah. I think it's kind of weird to pour your own beer. That could just be me used to uh, used to being the one that pours your beer. Right. Probably fear of robots taking my job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, but I think the concept is really cool, and I think if you get people behind it, I think people could really dig it. I don't. Is know that if, a concept that exists in any other place in this area? No, not that I know of. And it could be a legal thing. Like there might be something in the OLCC books. That say you can't do that. Doesn't mean you can't do it in Vancouver, though. Right. Doesn't mean you can't do it in Washington. Obviously, they do it in Colorado. But Colorado's liquor and weed laws are are very different than everybody else's, um, I would argue, mostly in a positive way. Um, so it'd be really, it. it's kind of a really cool concept that I would love to see someone give a shot at. I, but if I'm being honest, I don't know if Vancouver is the place to do that. Probably not. Probably not. I Although think it, I, I think Vancouver is a good place to do the we brew some beers but have other beers on tap. Very much agree. Yeah. I think if a place like Belmont Station or John's Marketplace, if they had something like that, you are guaranteeing attracting uh, beer-centric people. 
to where the, the waterfront in Vancouver is not going to attract beer-centric people. No, that's attracting families. Right. Like, the ruse spot is going to go in down there, but people are going to go there to eat the pizza. It's a pizza joint down there, and they're going to be like, oh, these guys make their own beer. Oh, okay, I guess I'll drink this beer. Does that make sense? Yeah. What I'm what I'm saying here, of course. Yeah. So I think I think in a more beer centric place, that kind of choose your own adventure would work a little. So better. so it's almost as if Barlow's just was not the right choice for the water or the waterfront was not the right choice for them. Yes, and that, I, I and that may that. have cost them by making that decision. Yeah, maybe so. Like because that is like primo real estate down there. Totally, totally. Yeah, maybe maybe being in maybe just being in Hazeldale and doing that would be fine. But I think the waterfront. You know, not a lot of people live on the waterfront, so it's a destination, yeah. and it's nice. It's not cheap down there. None of the restaurants are cheap. So that is true. There's like no homes down there. It's just the waterfront. Right? Yeah. Well, it used to be nothing. Yeah. It's all been developed for this. Mm-hmm. So I still haven't been there. I I really want to go. I want to go to. You that. sit on the patio at Barlow's, and there's there's the river. I want to go to that uh, crazy milkshake place. Oh yeah. Yeah, I haven't been there. It yet. looks amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really dabble in those kind of sweets. But yeah, everybody. I think my sister took my niece there and said it was great. Yeah, so they just loved it. Uh, my girlfriend is obsessed with milkshakes. Oh, then, and uh, I really want to bring her. There. Then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, then let's go downtown and we'll go to Lewitt or something. Okay. Yeah, or we'll go, or we'll go. That's there true. We're new... supposed to make up for the pre-holiday not being able to get a couple days. Oh yeah, yeah. We're supposed to make up for that. So. Um, or we could wait and see when the new ruse opens and hit hit the new ruse and the sure. milkshake spot. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then uh, the final one that's closing is probably the biggest name. Well, it's definitely the biggest name. Uh, Modern Times is closing four locations, including the one in Portland and L.A. and San Francisco and San Jose, I think, mm-hmm. were the four they closed. I think it's everything north of Anaheim is closing. And their OG spot is in San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're closing them all. Now, Modern Times is interesting because Modern Times had the uh, scandal that blew up a year ago. Yeah, and the rap magnet stuff. Yeah, that uh, certainly didn't help locally here. But, you know, in terms of a brewery that was pumping out beer, that had beers in cans, that was all over the place, you could find Modern Times anywhere you were going to get beer. I know, that, and that place was always busy. Mm-hmm. And it's the strangest thing, because I didn't go to Modern Times a whole lot. I started going there a little more when when the homeboy Conrad, friend of the show, started working that. And I got to know Matt Sandoval decently, uh, who's the head brewer down there. Um, I started going down there a little bit more when Conrad was there, and I got to know Matt just because then I became friends. Um, but Modern Times was never really a place that I like yearned to go, and none of my beer friends ever went there. Yet it was always busy. Yeah. So that's what's kind of strange about this whole this whole situation. I mean, Conrad and Matt are out of jobs. You know, the place is done. Place is closed. I imagine they will find a job fairly quickly. They will be just fine. Yes. yes. Both of them are very respected, highly respected people in the beer community. They will they will do just fine. Um, but is that building haunted? Cursed? I've heard the building's cursed because Commons went under and now Modern Times went under in that building. I can't believe that because I think that building is too cool and too perfect to have a brewery in it. Well, I think uh, this one in particular screams of maybe the Portland location wasn't suffering, but the brewery was suffering, and that's what it is. I, and they had to make a decision on we need to, we need to pick where we're going to be our our hub is going to be, and mm-hmm. that's going to be where they're from, which is San Diego. And I I think this is a this is a really great cautionary tale, and you know, I've I'm I'm very dear friends with a lot of the people over at Steeplejack, but this is a cautionary tale. I think in the end, modern times closed because they expanded too fast. Mm-hmm. They went. They they wanted to grow, and instead of finding a natural progression, they kind of pushed it, and 
in the end, it ended up biting him. Although, to be fair, since I've lived here, Modern Times has been there. So, right? Since, since you've lived here? 2011? No, Commons has been there. Oh, okay. Yeah, Modern Times has been there. I feel like since I've been paying attention to craft beer, Modern Times has been there. I was working at Breakside when Modern Time. I was working at Breakside when Commons closed. Breakside Decom, though? Was that your beginning? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, that was still like 2014? Six years ago. Six? Only six years ago? Yeah, six years ago. Wow, okay. Ago. Well, I'm way off on that. My apologies. Um, I don't know. I, I always just picture. I thought Modern Times was a Portland brewery. Oh, yeah, no. And then I learned like three years later that it was not, and that that was just their Portland location. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what it is. I think, I think they just overextended themselves. And when you're brewing at all locations, where are you going to send all that beer? Yeah. You know, I, again, no offense, I wasn't buying it in the stores. I don't, I wouldn't go to a buddy's house who randomly was like, hey, I went to the craft beer store the other day and you ever heard of modern times? Like, I, no one ever tells me that. I, I did see a lot of it when I was regularly shopping at John's. Um, I would often see they would have like three or four or five mm-hmm. different ones. And I did, everybody always carried it. I did go through all of the ones they had there at one point. But beyond that, yeah, I didn't like go back to it. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, these are cool cans. I like that they're all kind of similar but different colors. And that was about it. Yeah, I think I think it's another cautionary tale in this sense, too, of being an established brewery not from the area and coming in and opening up a place. Yeah. Because like let's take Fatheads for example, all right? I remember when Fatheads moved in, they're in the current Von Ebert spot, same owner. Um it was basically a franchise of of Fatheads. And my current boss, Mike, came out here with his right hand Owen, who I work with every day, which is funny why this story is true. Um but when they came out here, I remember when Fatheads came out here, I was like who the hell are these guys? You guys are from Cleveland? Like, you guys are from Ohio and Pennsylvania, and oh, cool, you make IPAs, and you're just going to come to the West Coast and act like you're really cool? Okay, we'll see how long this takes till it basically fails. Oh, you're going in the Pearl? Good luck. A 10 barrels moving in down the street. Good luck with that one. Shoots is you right know? there, too. Shoots is right there, too. Rogue's a beast, you know, at the time. Like, this is all this stuff. We were like, good luck. And then I tasted the beer, and I was like, oh, welcome to the club, guys. Your beer is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But I think what they were able to do is I think they were- Their really, food was really good, too. Their food was really good, too. But I think they're from a beer standpoint, logo and, and flavor of beer, it was something new and different. It, like, stood out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, oh- these guys do things a little differently, and it's fantastic. I have a very distinct memory of the beer that literally had blueberries in it, mm. where they it was like the blueberry like sour or whatever. Yeah. But they actually had like four blueberries floating in your beer <laughs> when you got it, and I was like, I've never seen that before. Yeah, and I I think modern and their time... and their headwitches were right up my alley. Holy and I, cow! And I think modern times made really good beer. I think they made good beer. Yeah, but I don't think it stood out. And so when you're a local. It's like, why would I go to this California brewery that makes above-average decent beer when I've got, like, four other above-average decent beers that are from here? Yeah. And I think that's a little, like, shop local kind of thing. So it's just it's just a tricky. I mean, I you know, I don't know if Fathead succeeded because of that or not, or if Modern Times failed because of that or not. Well, Fathead didn't succeed. They left, right? Well, that's because it was a franchise, and the franchise contract went up and they chose not to renew it yeah so they opened von ebert so it's basically the same thing um so i i don't know which you know you know chicken or the egg sort of situation but those but i think modern times 
Modern Times Closing is definitely a ripple heard throughout the beer community in America. Because um, it's not just here. They it's close not just here. Everywhere. Basically. Yeah, it's 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 a place that has six, seven locations, and you just closed over 50% of it um, after a big backlash and some really nasty PR mm-hmm. nightmare stuff. Um, I thought they had kind of made it through that. I was like, <clears throat> well, oh, they did. They, yeah, they, they, they restructured and they brought in some new CEOs. They definitely diversified in their upper administration, and they definitely worked hard to kind of clean that up. And I would think they're on the right path. But I'll guarantee you a lot of those new people came in and were like, what are you guys doing? We are hemorrhaging money is what it sounds like. It's like this is not a successful. Yeah, this is not a successful business right now. And so they had to make that decision. So that's another part of that cautionary tale that goes out to everybody. Like, remember, just because your pubs are full and you open a new location and that pub is full in a new market doesn't always mean your bottom line is getting met. Because it's kind of a a multifaceted plan of getting to that income. Right. It's not just your pubs are full. Right. It's what are you selling out in the stores and, it's, uh, it's, you know, what what kind hmm. of events are you building to build hype to get more people in and that kind of stuff. It's one know? of the most valuable things I learned from my time in Milwaukee with Ben and Breakside was just, you you know, you have to earn that progression. You, you want to grow and you can push it, but you have to earn it. You can't just decide one day. I'm going to go from 19,000 barrels a year to 30,000 barrels and people are going to do it. No, no, it's it's more than that. Your your tap rooms and your pubs might be full, but it, it's it's more of the correct proper projection to get you there. Like Pelican. Pelican's a beast right now, but they didn't do it overnight. No. They didn't just decide we're going to be a beast. You know, they didn't decide we're going to go to 36, 40,000 barrels. Well, I remember a year. when we went down there and we talked to them, they know their plan. Mhm. They're not the brewery that Portlanders want. Like they don't. They're not a hype brewery. They're not a, you know, come to our pubs for this rare beer. They're bottling supermarkets. Here's our brands. Get it and anywhere. we're the coast. Yep. So all of their locations are on the coast. We own our backyard. They have not extended it past that. They do not plan to extend it past that. Darren, I don't want to drive to Portland every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like they know what their plan is, mm-hmm. and they're following it to a T. Exactly. And. They're, they're timing it well. So, like, the, the most recent pub that opened was Cannon Beach, but that was seven, eight years ago. Right. And now and now they're just opening Lincoln City. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have been, like, four open breweries at once, mm-hmm. but they're like, no, let's make sure Hold we up. have the income. Let's make sure we're not putting ourselves in the red. Oh, Cannon Beach is a really popular town that everybody goes to, and this is a corner spot right on one of the main entrances into town. Get a sure, we we'll Get a little R&D pilot system in there. Yep. And- yep. Lincoln City one, I've seen some uh, construction update pictures. Looks beautiful. Yep. It's right at the north end of Lincoln City. It's right on the water. It's but a lot have, of space. But like I was saying, you have to earn that. Yes. It's not just going to show up. You have to have that 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 projection to get you there. You can't force it. In that, and that's what I would say to my friends over at Steeplejack. Like, I love you. I trust you guys are making the right decision. But be careful. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this podcast in three years and talk about the fall of Steeplejack. For that reason, because it does or, seem or like really, they're or really anybody like our friends at Bear Lake are opening a third location. It's like, do you guys know what you're doing? And Rick and Ben are like, yep, because we're doing this, 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 this. We've looked at these numbers. We've looked at this projections. These are where our sales are. This is how much more beer we can make. This is what we think is going to be the flow of how much beer they'll need, so we can uptake dots, 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 dots. Those guys aren't dumb, and they're naturally having that progression. Mm-hmm. And they've been open for, you know seven eight years now and they're just now opening a third location and one's a little 
food cart yeah. pod. Yeah. You know, so it do, it does seem very fast for Steeplejack to be on location three already, right? And if you can do it, then right, more that, power. Yeah, if you can, yeah. Because they did, they're going to do Hillsboro. I mean, location two is not even open yet. Yeah, and they already announced three. Yeah. yeah, so like you can do it if it works. If you're going in the right neighborhoods and you've got the right product and you've got the right clientele, it can work. It scares the bejesus out of me, and I always thought that, but kind of like threw it on the back burner. But once Modern Times closes and closes four locations, you're going, oh, uh-oh, this could be a real situation. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. There's the end of the bruise. It's not the happiest in the brews, after all. That's my soapbox. It is is three closings of breweries, one big, one OG, one small, but they're all the same in that they uh, they have closed within the same week or two. Uh, RIP to those three. Uh, Sorry for those of you who are fans of those breweries who will not be able to consume that beer any longer, although I guess you can still get Modern Times probably just going to be more difficult. And uh, yeah, cautionary tale for all of you out there who, uh, who are running businesses. It's uh, sometimes best laid plans do not come to pass. Patience is a virtue. Let's get to the beer of the week. I'm very excited about it. Very excited about this. Beer. Very intrigued. Let's. Uh, it's a collab between two breweries I didn't think would collab. Aye. Let's do it. That's next. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the week time! Why was so quiet? No, it didn't. It went click. But it didn't get that nice. Maybe I went too fast. Maybe operator error. Mm, Okay. That's what she said. Um, This is uh, Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. The Beer of the Week is a collab between two unlikely partners. You don't think they're likely partners? No, I don't. Is it because of location, style? Why, Why would you say that? Uh... Because I'm an idiot, but um, <laughs> I don't mean it that I'm just no, no, curious no. why I'm just curious what you're thinking. I think of one of these breweries as not doing a lot of collabs and being very picky with them. Mm. And I think about the other one as a supermarket beer. So I'm like, gotcha. It's a weird connection. Fair enough. That's a good point. I, I, I like what you're saying there. Now I see what you're saying. Because um, I'm just looking at it like quality of beer. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, why not? Well, of course, they match quality yeah, wise. Uh, the the one that I was talking about is Barley Browns, Oof. who I do. Not, although I've seen more collabs with them recently, I think that's a new thing. Yeah, it used to just be like we're over here doing our own thing, and you'll maybe see here's some Jack. Jack and shut up and yeah. drink it. Stfu. <laughs> uh, and then Bailbreaker is the other one. I love Bailbreaker. Yeah, I have not had Bailbreaker in a long time. Actually, I have not seen their updated Homegrown series. I wonder if they stopped oh, after yeah, five yeah. or six, but I had stopped seeing that at the store. Um, this is Friends India Pale Ale, spelled F-R-E-N-Z because they're gamers, I guess. Um, it looks like Legos on the front, and it's a Bell Breaker Barley Browns IPA. It says this collaboration, West Coast IPA, made with Barley Browns, is the second release in Bell Breaker's Friends series. I guess I missed the first one. I know. I, that's why when before we came on, I was like, oh, that makes sense. You were like, what? And I was like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Their first one was with Level. I believe. Oh, hence, I believe their first one was with level. Hence a little bit of the gaming yeah, theme yeah. here. I believe it was with level and I didn't have it. I, for no reason other than I just didn't have the chance to try it. Uh, second release in the friend series made to share the love. Okay. Uh, aromas of citrus, fruit loops, peach, guava, and pine. Peach ain't lying. Drink with friends. 
I like how it's all aromas, but not taste. <laughs> aromas of citrus, <laughs> Fruit Loops, peach, guava, and pine. We taste, know, ah, you'll figure it out. We, we, we know you're coming back from Omicron, so now that you can smell but can't taste anything, here's what you'll get. 7.1%. <laughs> uh, it was canned 22 days ago, which is right up my alley, um, in the token gold bail breaker can, which will tell you this was made in Moxie, Washington, up in Yakima, um, you know, it's funny talking about kind of talking about this modern times and steeplejack sort of situation. Bale Breaker is a brewery that unless they were open for a while and I just didn't know about them when they started canning that S was everywhere. Yeah, you could get it everywhere. Talk about grocery store. So maybe that is your non cautionary tale of just saying, screw it. Let's do it. We like this beer. Package the hell out of it and get it in every supermarket you can find, and it's worked. I also think there is a bit of a difference in that they own their own hop farms and they brew on their own hop farms, <laughs> as opposed to like we're buying hops. Like they don't have to buy their hops; they're just growing. It. I guess that's fair. So I think that's a you can kind of grow a little faster without that extra cost, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's I mean, true. I'm sure there's some cost built into that, but they're not going to a hop farm and being like, "I'd like this, please." They're going out to the field and going, "Okay, this is our beer." That is pretty cool. Yeah. It was a pretty rad thing. I've never been there. Me neither. I want to go really bad. The only problem is... It's in Yakima? No, I don't mind that at all. Uh, the Palm Springs of Washington, sir? Boy, I feel like that's not correct. There's a giant billboard on the north side of town. If you're on 82 coming from Ellensburg to Yakima, it's also the biggest cop trap in the entire state of Washington. Okay. Because it goes from like 70 to 55. And like there's one sign. So it's like a huge cop trap. I've heard nothing but really uncomfortable things about Yakima. Oh, Yakima's not great, man. Okay. But there is a giant sign when you come in from the north side of town that says, Welcome to Yakima, the Palm Springs of Washington. That's what it says. That's okay. what it says. Uh, Why have, are they the Palm Springs of I Washington? I could not tell you, man. It's kind of more like the armpit of Washington. Yeah, like, you know, lots of meth and stuff there. You know? Yeah, and it's just, it's just hot and in the desert, it feels like. Well, I guess that's why I they mean, can say Palm the, Springs. I mean, you're down in the valley. So, it is, you know, so like the hot farms are all in the valley. But once you leave Yakima, the city, it's just like desert badland eastern Washington. <laughs> Great. But... Oh, what I was going to but say. But Bailbreaker is, is there. What I was going to say or is. right outside there. I don't know if this is true. I need some confirmation on this. I believe the owners are Huskies. Mm. That is that is a no, a no, no bueno thing for me. This does not affect my uh, interest in them at all. But for you, that is basically a death sentence. It is, it is, it's not great. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, uh, you know. I feel like I'm 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 eating McDonald's when I tell everyone I don't eat fast food and fast food is disgusting. Yes. You know, when you know you know that person that's like, I never eat fast food. Fast food's gross. That's me. And you're a terrible human being if you do it. Well it's not me, but But then secretly you're like, Oh my god, McDonald's breakfast, I love it. <laughs> No, I, I tend to. I am that person in a, in a lot of ways. Well, but, no, that's uh, fine. That's fine if you're I that person. I also don't eat fast food, but so. I, but I feel like I mean I don't really eat fast food either. But sometimes I travel and you don't really have a, a choice. Um, but that's how sometimes I feel when and I drink it's cheap. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes when I drink Bale Breaker. I'm like, oh man, don't let anybody see you drinking these Husky beers. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows that they're Husky beers. <laughs> I know, but, but you, I do. But, <laughs> but I do, Michael, and I want to sleep at night. Uh, this one's not my favorite, to be honest with you. There is a flavor in there, and it's not the bad beer flavor or anything. Um, I think it's the tropical fruit flavor that is a little bit overpowering to me. Uh, in my fruit eating life, I do not like mango. 
I do not like papaya. I do not like guava. You're definitely hosed on this beer then. The Those three fruits have flavors I do not like. Mm-hmm. All of them. Um, I would say that mango is maybe the most palatable of the three to me, but uh, palatable is a very strong word. Sure. I think this beer is basically those flavors, so I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, it's not poorly made. It's not off flavors, but I don't like those fruits, and I'm struggling. Boy, this beer is dry. Mm, it is. My mouth right now is like... <sighs> <laughs> dry like the Yakima Desert. Yeah, yeah. This beer is dry. And if you know me, you listen to this podcast, and you know my love and affinity for IPAs, I'm definitely a dry IPA kind of guy. So you're enjoying this? I I, I am enjoying it. I do think I, I kind of follow you. I don't think it's just necessarily your papaya guava sort of thing. I, I think there's a little weirdness in a little hop combo here. Um, I'm kind of teetering on this like a uh, mint chocolate chip sort of thing. Okay. Um, that I can never really figure out what hop combo is giving me mint chocolate chip because I had one the other day that reminded me of it and I can't remember what that was either. Uh, boy, I feel stupid. Um, it's all the weed. It's okay. <laughs> but this is not a bad beer. I, I enjoy this beer. I enjoy this beer. I think the really dry finish, the nose is really nice. It is very I, nice. I really like yeah, the I nose like the on aroma. this. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's also, I mean, Bailbreaker at the end of the day, is still a Washington brewery. And I don't mean that as slander. I mean that that Washington beer and Oregon beer are very different beers. Yes. And... I think I'm a little fortunate in between the two of us that I drink a lot more Washington beer than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of used you to You know this. what you're getting yeah, into. Yeah, I kind of know what Washington beer is. And again, I'm not saying it's worse or bad. I just mean they have their own style up Every there. Every region has like a unique has their own flavor. style down yeah. here. Yeah, and I mean, I tend to prefer the Oregon style, but I also know the Washington style, so it's a little easier to enjoy. It doesn't feel so like, what the hell's going on here? Gotcha. Well, there's our beer of the week. It is the Bale Breaker Barley Browns collab Friends IPA, second of a series. Shout out to Tyler Brown at Barley Browns. I'm, I'm happy you, that they're collabing more because I feel like they were forgotten for a little while because they were just kind of doing their own thing. And I think one with canning their beers was very helpful for us. Pallet Jack's only a two-time gold at GABF or something like that for IPA. Well, right. No but, big deal. But I think I think canning it was helpful because everyone was like, oh, that's right, Barley Browns. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I need to so go too. out to Baker City to have this. I think so, too. And then, or like have it on tap somewhere. And then doing the collabs is huge. I mean, the, the Wander Jack is fantastic at Breakside. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was a one-time collab that they keep redoing because the beer was so good. The beer is so good. So... Uh, bravo to Barley Browns for doing that. And uh, I feel like I've stopped seeing Bale Breaker as much. I wonder if they've kind of pulled back a tiny bit on their like going to supermarkets. I don't see it very much at the supermarket anymore. Um, boy, yeah. I do, but I live in Washington. <laughs> That's true. So there we go. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they, I, I, anywhere I see Georgetown, I see Bale Breaker. Mm. Anywhere I see Fremont, I see Bale Breaker. Gotcha. And those are like the two biggest packaging breweries in the state of Washington. Well, there's our beer of the week. If you found it and had it, let us know what you think. Instagram.com slash beers on us. Uh, to the listener who messaged us on Facebook, Patrick will look at it and yep. get back to you. Speaking of Eastern Oregon, um, I got you. I'll look at you this weekend. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Very. Okay. You might be going to Barley Browns for the first time in your life. Okay. If we got to go to Eastern Oregon, one place to stop on the way. Was that like a four-hour drive? 
Yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay. Wait till you see Baker City, dude. Oh, I've been there. Oh, okay. I've been there once. Remember I went to a concert in Boise? Oh, right, right. I stopped there. There's like a little shack burger stand that was recommended mm-hmm. to me that was pretty good. Yeah. But I didn't think there was a brewery. Yeah, well, you probably didn't think there was a brewery there. No. Yeah. No. It just happens to be like Barley Browns. I think I was like next to Eastern Oregon University and didn't realize it was a university. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what is yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll find out what that is soon. Uh, we'll be back next week, every Thursday at 4 o'clock. Subscribe, rate, download, review, uh, wherever you find us, and then follow us on socials, and you can DM us on Instagram. That's the main place you can get a hold of us. If you didn't hear it, listen to the Trader Joe's episode from last week. It's very funny. And uh, for those who did like it, again, thank you. It was uh, it was a treat to do, even if we suffered, because uh, it was it's fun to hear you guys enjoy it. And that's the most important part. Uh, we'll see you next week. Kinsey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.